Welcome to What Is Your Money Really For podcast. My name is Cody Braun, and today I have with me Jordan Bradford, who is our guru in investment management, and I'm excited to have him here with us today. We have been talking about finance. Financial planning was our most recent topic that we touched on, but today we're going to be diving deeper into investment management and talking about that. So I'm excited to hear what Jordan has to share with us. We are an independent financial planning firm. And Jordan, help us understand what does independent really mean in the financial world? Yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me on here today, Cody. And uh, uh, yeah, independent really is a, is a cool term in our industry, but it's something that a lot of people aren't necessarily familiar with. Um, really what it means is that we don't have any proprietary products that we sell that are in-house that are you know, a Trinell Financial Group product that we're just trying to fit our clients into. Um, but what instead, what it really allows us to do is go out to the entire world of investments and pick and choose what are the best for our clients' particular need and situation that comes up. So I think it just really gives us uh, an, an open playing field and kind of an open architecture type of feel um, where no matter what the situation is that comes in front of us, uh, we can find a solution in the market someplace that fits. I love it. I love it. There's another term that you were sharing that just popped into my head, fiduciary, right? I've been seeing this on the internet. I've been reading about this. What is a fiduciary and how does it come into play with what it is that we do here? Yeah, great question. So a fiduciary is someone who is uh, responsible for acting in the best interest uh, of their clients. So it's something that we pride ourselves and we've been doing it for a long time before it was trendy, right? And uh, so it's something we're really passionate about and we care a lot about, you know, making recommendations that are truly in the best interest of our clients, no matter what that recommendation might be, no matter what our client's situation uh, might be as well. Excellent. So fiduciary, that's excellent. Another, I'm just going to throw a bunch of questions out here today, Jordan, because there's some things that I've heard and I've had questions myself get asked this. Portfolio, okay, is a word that I often hear when it comes to investments. Can you help us understand what is a portfolio? How is a portfolio put together? What goes in this portfolio? Yeah, so portfolio is something that's it's used a lot differently. So many different, uh, you know, many different companies where depending on where you go might use that term a little differently. But basically, a portfolio is a grouping of investments that you hold. So, and oftentimes, you know, a portfolio is really, uh, you know, derived of a bunch of, you know, individual stocks or mutual funds or ETFs, um, sometimes bonds, just things that you own that you put together uh, that allow you to achieve some sort of financial goal. Um, sometimes a, a bigger picture portfolio could include things like real estate or maybe harder assets that aren't things that you can easily liquidate, uh, but something that is considered an investment and is a part of your overall diversified strategy, really. Jordan, thanks for sharing with us about what a portfolio is and how it's made up. One thing that comes to mind, I know that um, someone who's just starting out versus someone who maybe is a little bit further down the years of wisdom, uh, probably has what we call a different risk tolerance. Mm -hmm. So can you help us understand how, how do you determine risk tolerance and how are portfolios structured or set up to accommodate someone who maybe is younger versus someone who's a little bit older? Yeah, that's a that's a big challenge in our in our industry, really, is as people continue to get older and older and they're living longer. Right. You're living healthier lifestyles. And, you know, whereas 
50 years ago, people might have only on average lived to be 60, 70 years old. And now we're seeing people regularly live into their 90s and sometimes even to 100 years of age, which is hard to believe, but it's happening a lot now. Um, so, so risk has become a really popular conversation that we're having with clients on a really a daily basis because we're trying to evaluate, you know, how much risk are we willing to take with this chunk of money? And I think one of the easiest ways to evaluate risk and to help our clients to really understand what risk they should be taking is to help you to segment your money into different buckets. And bucket A might be for the next five years. And so because that's a shorter term, we're going to take on less risk and we're going to be a little bit more strategic to eliminate some volatility, those ups and downs, those swings in the market, try to limit that as much as possible. And then maybe bucket B is for, uh, you know, between five and 15 years from now. And so we can take a little bit more risk in that particular bucket because we're not going to touch that money for a little bit longer period. And then we may have another bucket for 15 and longer. And, and sometimes we do this up to, you know, five, six, seven different buckets where we're really segmenting out in what we call time horizons to help you really rethink your money and what it's for and why it's okay to take on some risk, even if you're approaching retirement. Because a 65-year-old who's expecting to live to be 95 still needs some money working for them for the next 30 years. Whereas I think a lot of times what people think is I'm getting to retirement. This is this new phase in my life. I have to go from being aggressive to conservative really, really fast. Um, so, so that risk tolerance thing is it's, a, it's difficult to measure. Um, but we typically go through a series of questions with our clients and just ask them about, you know, their, their feelings and their perceptions of the market. And it helps us get a better understanding of how people will interact with the risk as it happens down the road. Um, because most people, you know, when the market's doing really good, they think, oh, I can, I can handle all the risk. I'm, I'm totally comfortable with how the market's going. Um, but it's not until we have like marches of 2020 where things really got, um, you know, pretty volatile in the market where we really get to test was our risk tolerance appropriate. Um, so I think we do a good job of that, but it is a constant battle just trying to uh, adapt and, and improve our risk taking um, as we are planning for longer and longer periods of time. Yeah, that's really helpful. I appreciate that. And I think in the investment world, uh, investments sometimes get a bad rap because there's nothing that is guaranteed, right? In the stock market, it can go up, but it can also go down. And you talked about a short period of time and a long period of time. And as people plan and think about, hey, how do I get in there and how am I not going to lose money? Because I we've often heard the term where, hey, people are more fearful of losing something than they are of gaining something. How do you have that conversation with clients and people that you're talking to about the market to help them really understand? I know you, you talked a little bit about the risk tolerance, but sometimes people come to us and are like, I want to, I want to win big. And when they don't win big, they get really mad. How do you, how do you handle that and shape people's understanding of what is more realistic for them to expect? Yeah, I think the I think that conversation really starts with, you know, what's the purpose behind this money? And are we investing this money for the future or are we gambling or speculating? <laughs> right? And I think that that helps shape some of that because the idea of getting rich quick really doesn't work that well in this investment world. Uh, now, if you are a day trader 
and you're watching the market like a hawk 24-7 all the time, it's about the only way you can put together a strategy like that where you're selling and buying regularly to try and make a buck. Uh, but what our clients, what I really try to instill in, in them is that when you come to us to, to work with you on your investments, we're talking about long-term solutions. We're talking about planning out for the next 5, 10, 15, 20 years. So we need to be thinking long-term with this money. And it's no different than when you buy a house, right? You're buying a house and tomorrow the value may be less than what you purchased it for. But ideally, 20, 30 years down the road, when you're going to sell your home and move into the next home, your house is worth more than when you bought it. And that's kind of the same philosophy I want our clients to have with their investments is that you're buying into really good companies and you're investing into the future of whatever companies that we put in the portfolio. And so we want to really vet them well, too, so that we know that these are good companies. These are companies that are providing you know, services, products that we need and we're going to need five years from now. We're going to need these services or products 10 years from now. And I think that's a, a, an easy way for at least us as advisors here to help shift that conversation from, well, how can I make money really fast to how can I make money more consistently over the long run? Um, well said. So is it safe to say that a day trader is somebody who's going to be buying and swapping things short term? An investment manager is somebody who's putting together a portfolio around a strategy more based on a consistent return over a longer period of time? Yeah, that's a great way to put it. You know, day trading really is that um, if you watch, uh, you know, the CNBC show Mad Money with Jim Cramer, right? Yeah. He's he's on there. He's going crazy. He's really, uh, you know, he's an entertaining and energetic guy. I will give him that. But what he is talking about is really day trading strategies. It's buy XYZ because it's at this perfect price at this perfect time. And tomorrow he may tell you to sell that exact same security. And I don't know if he has a good track record, bad track record. I don't follow him that closely, but that's a day trading type strategy. And the reason I think he's so animated and energetic is because that's a stressful strategy. You know, to buy a really good company that you expect to be around 20, 30 years from now takes a lot of stress off the table. Um, so that's where investing, I think, is a much easier way for you to, you know, get into this world, you know, understand how things go and how to build some true wealth over time. Um, and as you get more comfortable with it, then I think you can start to do some of those other things. Maybe it is a little bit of day trading, you know, you know, dip your toes in the water with that a little bit, uh, maybe with some play money on the side. But the serious money should be invested. That money should be put away for long term because that money is going to be there when you're no longer working. And we need a paycheck to come in. I love it. I got a ton of questions here. How are we doing on time? I love this. So Jordan, you're, you're bringing up all these, these thoughts that I have as we think about this. So another thing that we often hear is I was looking at my accounts and what is that appropriate time uh, that and how often people should check their accounts online? Because I feel like some people feel like, they should be day trading when really they're in investment management and vice versa. So can you help us understand and paint that picture a little bit? Yeah. And that's a, that's one that I run into a lot. And I think what I try to, you know, explain with clients when I, whenever this conversation comes up is, you know, you know, you better than I know you. And, and what I mean by that is everybody's a little different. 
There's, I have some clients who could check their portfolio every day and it would never stress them out and they'd never feel like they're missing out on anything if the market's down or if the market's up or what have you. Um, but it, but you know yourself, right? And, and I what I tell as a client, if you are the type of person who's going to look at your portfolio and be really stressed out if it's down, I would highly encourage you to look at it less frequently. And, you know, really trust in the process of what we're doing, how we're investing, what the end goals are, uh, you know, because I think that, you know, personally, you're better off not watching it all the time, right? The old adage goes, a watched pot never boils, right? Well, that's kind of true with investing, too. If you're watching it too frequently, you can just feel like it's just not working. And then all it takes is one bad day in the market and you're just freaked out a little bit. Right. You're, you see your accounts down and you're like, oh, my gosh, that's twenty thousand dollars or whatever the amount is. And you can feel like you've lost something, even though if you hadn't looked at it, you wouldn't even know any different. And tomorrow it might be up by twice that amount. So I think that, you know, the, the appropriate amount of times to look at your portfolio is different probably for from person to person. Um, but if you are generally stressed about money, I would say less frequently is actually going to be a better strategy for your own sanity than more frequently. Very fair. Probably easier said than done, right? <laughs> On that stuff. So one final question that I have, we often hear about IRAs and Roth IRAs. And the reason I'm stretching that out is because we have a lot of acronyms that we shorten down and you can get it mixed up with RIA. So IRAs versus Roth IRAs, what's the difference? I know those are two um, avenues in which somebody can invest and get in. Help us understand and impact those a little bit more. Yeah, happy to. So uh, an IRA stands for an individual retirement account. And a Roth IRA is a Roth individual retirement account. Now, what a Roth IRA is, is a little different. So let me talk about, let me unpack the IRA, just the traditional IRA first. And really what that is, is it's a way for you to save money for retirement now, and you can take advantage of some tax deferral. So as an example, let's say you make $100,000 in a year and you decide to contribute $5,000 to your traditional IRA. Well, now when you go to pay taxes, you're not going to pay taxes as though you made $100,000. You're going to pay taxes as though you made $95,000. You take the amount of money you earned and you subtract your contribution to that IRA, and then that's what your taxable income will be. Now, that's assuming you didn't have any other deductions, all sorts of other crazy things related to taxes. But it's a great way for you to start saving away for retirement, and it's on a pre-tax basis. So you get to put that money in and you haven't paid taxes on it yet. Now, on the flip side, you know, 20, 30 years down the road, you go to take that money out in retirement. Now you pay taxes on the money you put in and all the growth in there. And, you know, the hope is generally when you're working, your tax rate's a little higher than when you're retired. Now, it depends on your age and, you know, as to what I would recommend, right? I think, you know, if you're 64 years old and you're going to retire at 65, I think it's a safe bet to assume that your tax rate will be lower in retirement. But if you're 25 and you're looking at retiring at 65, chances are your tax rates will probably be going up. It's 40 years down the road. You know, I think taxes will probably be a little higher. That's where the Roth IRA really comes in. A Roth IRA is a tax-free investment, which is really awesome because what happens is it's money that you put in 
after you've paid taxes. So on that same example, you make $100,000, you contribute $5,000 to the Roth IRA. You have to pay taxes on that money today. So you still report all your normal earnings. Everything's good. But once that money goes into that Roth IRA account, it starts the clock on growing tax-free. So let's say your $5,000 turns into $10,000 and you take the money out down the road in retirement. That $10,000 is all tax-free. The $5,000 that you already paid taxes on, of course, is tax-free. And it's $5,000 of growth is also tax-free as well. So it's a really good tool. And it's something relatively newer in the industry compared to the traditional IRA. Um, so what I would generally recommend is the younger you are, the more beneficial a Roth IRA is going to be for you. Because you're paying the taxes today. You're taking that little bit of a tax hit now, but you're getting that tax-free growth. The longer runway you have on your tax-free growth, the better off you're going to be. Because again, in that same example, if you were doing a traditional IRA, 5000 grew to $10,000, you are going to pay taxes on $10,000 sometime in the future. With a Roth IRA, you're going to pay taxes on $5,000 today. And whatever it grows to, if it grows to be the same $10,000, now you got $5,000 of tax-free dollars, which is really awesome. So it all depends on how much time you have to grow your money. Uh, but I think a Roth IRA is something really beneficial, especially if you have a long runway or if you've got some money you're trying to put aside uh, just for 20, 30 years down the road, even if you're close to retirement, it's a great strategy. I love it, man. Jordan, you are a wealth of knowledge. This is awesome. So I wish somebody would have gave me that that uh, advice when I first started in my first job and was opening up my first retirement account uh, with a company, I didn't know the difference between the Roth or the traditional. And uh, when I rolled my money over, I found out that when I put it into a Roth, I had to pay taxes on that money. And I was like, oh man. So even though it's a little bit less to us now, like out of pocket mm -hmm. because we're paying the taxes, I saw the future benefit tenfold, um, which is good. So um, that does lead into, and I kind of answered the next question, which was, is this outside of your 401k, inside your 401k? How does it fit with 403bs? Does that have anything to do with traditional and Roths? Yeah. So the, um, the 401k plans are always workplace or employer sponsored. And a 403b is basically for a nonprofit or, or a government agency. So if you work for a school district, you're probably very familiar with 403Bs and you're probably not that familiar with 401Ks. But if you work in the public sector at you know XYZ company, uh, you will be likely participating in what's called a 401K. Um, they've actually got new 401ks that are Roth contributions that you can make into them. Um, so it's something you want to reach out to your HR about to determine if your plan allows for those contributions. Um, just note that your company match is always done on the pre-tax basis, though. So if you get a 3% match, that 3% is going to go in essentially as a traditional 401k or a traditional IRA style where you still will have to pay taxes on that portion, but your contributions can go in as a Roth, which is really cool. Um, and really, you know, that it does bring up a good point about the differences. They Roth IRAs and traditional IRAs are separate. And so the qualifications to be able to contribute into them do happen to matter on terms of how much money you make and other employer-sponsored plans you have. So before you just go out and open up your Roth IRA, just be a little careful and cautious. Maybe consult your tax professional or your financial professional first, uh, because there are some income limitations and they're lower than you would probably expect. 
Um, so it's a good idea to really make sure that you do it correctly so the IRS doesn't come knocking and asking for some of that money back. <laughs> great, great advice. Really appreciate that. And I highly recommend everybody listening to definitely take Jordan up on that offer for sure as you want to do it. I think one of the big things that I'm really hearing and taking away today from our conversation from it, some, a lot of people, right? We've seen it with the AMC that everybody's going out there trying to be a day trader because the stock market's been really, really hot. But what you're talking about, there's much more to it of putting together portfolios and understanding the difference between a Roth and a traditional and how it comes into play long-term over your, over your picture. And I think what I hear you saying is, you don't need to choose one or the other. You actually can do both where they complement one another um, if you choose to do so. So is there any last tips or advice that you would share with anybody uh, that's listening in here today on investment management in just general? Yeah, I think you know, you bring up a good point about there's a lot of different moving parts with going on with with financial planning. And I think that, you know, when you're younger, you can get away with just doing stuff in the market, just put some money in, whether it's a Roth, whether it's a traditional, just start saving money. And the closer and closer you get to retirement, the more and more it matters that you're doing these things efficiently and you're using the right strategy for you. It can be the difference of, you know, tens of thousands, if not more, in terms of just lost potential growth or additional taxes. Um, so I think if you're a young person listening to this, I think the, the message I would have is just get started in something open up an IRA or a Roth IRA, you know, with, with your professional's help on terms of what is the right one for you and your income situation, or start contributing to your workplace plan if you're not already. Increase your contributions. The more activity you can do in the market as a young person, the better you're going to be off in the long run. But at some point, there will come a time where you do have to start looking at what are all the strategies that are available to me and how can I be really efficient, right? It's kind of like working out, you know, at the gym. You can go there and you can, I mean, anybody could go to the gym and work up a sweat, but not everybody can become a professional bodybuilder, right? And so if you're just, if your goal is just to lose a few pounds, you know, just go to the gym would be my recommendation. But if your goal is to run an Ironman, you need to have a little bit more uh, honed in approach to how you're going to be doing your workout program. I think the same is true with financial planning and investments is when you're first starting, it's just like, I just got to get something saved. I got to have some money start working for me. So just start, start something. And then, you know, as you go work out, okay, what are my long-term goals and how am I going to turn this into just, uh, you know, something that's a little bit more impactful and efficient going forward in the long run. I love it. And really good advice. You got me excited to sit down and look at my plan again here of everything that we got going on. But I'm really excited that, that Jordan joined us here today. Again, we did bigger picture overall of just some education on investment management. Jordan, we're definitely going to have you back because I want to dive into some more specifics on some of the strategies that you know and have employed uh, with the clients that you work with that you can share with everybody here to help us really understand how you put some of these in to play in the greater impact that they can have with everybody. So thank you for joining us for What Is Your Money Really For podcast. Uh, and let's give Jordan a big warm welcome for all of his knowledge that he shared with us today. Thanks for joining us and look forward to having you again. I got to work on my intro and ending. Yep. We're good. Good job, Jordan. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's uploading. Yeah, I thought that went pretty good. Yeah, it went really good.
felt very con- uh, conversational. The Trinell Financial Group is an independent firm not affiliated with Money Concepts Capital Corp., independent contractor of Money Concepts International, Inc., all securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp., member of FINRA, SIPC. Investments are not FDIC, NCUA insured, no bank or credit union guarantee, may lose value. Money Concepts Advisory Service is a registered investment advisor with the SEC.